The Warriors All 82 podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last minute tickets and hey with the way this warrior season started ticket prices may be dropping real soon hello and welcome back to another blowout edition of the warriors all 82 podcast eric horn now eric horn of the athletic no longer of the oklahoman uh i also have that former of the oklahoman on my resume we used to be co-workers we used to cover the thunder together it was a very different thunder team and they used to play a very different warriors team yes yes and um you know steph curry called it unfamiliar territory when it comes to playing a, a, a Thunder team without Russell Westbrook. But tonight, frankly, didn't matter if Russell Westbrook was here or not because uh, the Warriors got smashed and the Thunder uh, probably played their best game of the season. Not probably. They definitely played their best game of the season. Yeah. Um, the this wasn't the Thunder team that kind of was just clanging up jumpers and losing to the Wizards at home. This this was, you know, like a sharp, energetic Thunder team. But to me, I, I know obviously you cover the other side of it, so coming out of it, the OKC side is something you're obviously more focused on. But, like, this was just about a Warriors dud to me. Like, they came, you know, lifeless, uh, just, I mean, obviously defensively, we'll get into the issues. They now give up 261 points in two games. Uh, their first seven quarters before, you know, whatever fourth, they had given up 30 or more mm-hmm. points in all seven quarters. Um, and it, I guess maybe the defensive troubles leaked over to the other side, but the offense was terrible. How about some of just like the turnovers? They couldn't inbound it half yeah. the time. I mean, it's, um, you know, and we've seen in, in the Warriors' Thunder series or or in the regular season games throughout the past you know four or five years the the, the, the Warriors will turn the ball over uh they'll, they'll get careless with the ball but the margin of error is slimmer now when you don't have a Kevin Durant you don't have a Clay Thompson even when you don't have a guy like Kevon Looney who's injured so they couldn't afford to have um five turnovers in the first three and a half four and a half minutes of the game uh on the road against a Thunder team that you know came out pretty well against Washington but once the Wizards went to a zone it kind of dried up Thunder came out on fire tonight and then the Golden State goes to a zone and they crush that too and you know a big part of it like you said is the turnovers and just the carelessness and frankly we discussed it a little bit before the podcast the the, the Warriors roster just not that good right now no um Injured and not that like like top heavy. Yeah. Except like if you look at their roster, well, Steph Curry's their best player. Clay Thompson at this point of everyone's career is the second best player. Well, he's out for maybe the year. Uh, Draymond Green is third, but Draymond Green looks disinterested. Uh, I think the fact that he's losing for the first time since like grade school, basically, because if you look at his career, high school winner. Yeah. Michigan State, big winner. Right when he got to the Warriors, they become a big winner. He seems to have this like deflated, resigned uh, mood right now, which can lead to great quotes, as he had post game. I'll probably yeah, play he, some. He had some gems. He had some gems tonight. Yeah, I'll probably play some of that at the end of the podcast. But um, so if he's not playing well at all, then you. Ba- I mean, like D'Angelo Russell has been a dud through two games. He gets ejected tonight. When we talk about, <laughs> um, and then you know. Kevon Looney is their fifth best player, so so you're missing two of your top five, and then two of your other top five 
are not playing well. And then you have a massive drop-off when you get to six of this roster. You know, like like spots seven through 14 of this yeah. roster. Um, you could argue, you know, four of them may not ever be NBA rotation players and like the other three are like trying to become NBA rotation players and um yeah I mean like the the Thunder with you know taking Clay Thompson out of the equation which we Mm. should for this year the Thunder seem to have a better roster and that's a this isn't like the Thunder this is like a rebuilding Thunder team yeah this is a this is a transitioning Thunder team and they have a better roster than what you could also call a transitioning Golden State team I think we definitely yeah 100 (laughs) percent and look Every team in the NBA goes through this, and, and, and Draymond Green said it himself when I asked him about Russell Westbrook. He's like, that's how the NBA goes. Um, and and the, the, the Warriors, for the most part, had five solid years of not having to go through this stuff because their guys at the top were so good, their depth was so good with Andre Iguodala and uh, Sean Livingston and Harrison Barnes and, and, and guys like that, and now they're going through what every team in the NBA goes through in, in the span of a decade. You're going to have seasons like this. The Warriors, Steve Kerr said it too several times this season already. Already. You know, they were kind of an anomaly in terms of, you know, the success that they had in, in that five-year run and, and as good as they were. So they're experiencing what a lot of teams do. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be this bad, obviously. Look, they go down by they go down by 31 to the Clippers. And, and, and frankly, it's not going to be this good for the Thunder. Like, it's going to be some middle ground for them because, I mean, they shot the hell out of the ball tonight. And two nights ago... They're playing against the wizard zone and they can't make a shot. But tonight they figure it out and they're nailing everything. So it's gonna it's, there's gonna be a middle ground for both of these teams. Yeah, for, from the Warriors side, you, they haven't let a second this year, not that's one. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, you know they're down 31 to the Clippers and, and you know end up only losing by 19. Down, I believe 42 was their largest deficit tonight. 70 to 37 at halftime, um, which is obviously awful. Um, Did you see the ESPN stat on that? What? That was the biggest Warriors halftime deficit since 1997 against what team, guess? The Seattle Supersonics? Bing. Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> the the same franchise, although it's so disconnected. Yeah, no, I just, look, I, I think they'll play harder defensively. The personnel is a problem. Yeah. The uh, schemes probably need to be altered. The lack of any size is, is massive. Like, Steven Adams just, like, Easily, I mean, he had three quick offensive rebounds early. I remember when the Warriors went to his zone, he just kind of like had an easy post up, duck in, layup on Andre Mongreen. Um, so Eric Pascal, nice little block when Adams tried to go to the Euro. He's he's been he's probably the most encouraging part of a terrible start to the season. It's like Pascal, who they got forty first overall. It looks yeah. like a good pick, yeah. um, but they will just play harder, uh, which helps. You know, will help glue in like some of the the. Uh, parts of the defense that are kind of just springing leaks everywhere um but some of it again is it's just kind of personnel based did, did this shock you the, yes yes because i i remember talking to you all before the game and, and you know in the, in the you know the day leading up to the game or whatever and everyone's saying that the warriors defense was bad um but i didn't anticipate it being this bad uh, and I didn't think that the Thunder would shoot as well as they did. Um, they missed a lot of open shots in the first couple of games. I knew their defense was going to be fine. Um, but the the thing for the Thunder was closing out games. They'd been really poor in the last four, three or four minutes of the first two games. And they just didn't need the last three or four minutes of this game. I mean, so the margin is surprising. The defensive effort by the Warriors was surprising, um, startling, because the, as Draymond Green said, too, this is a team that 
the defense has made them good for their run. He said it wasn't about the offense for them. It was the defense that, that, that really sparked them throughout their championship years. So uh, the, the margin and, 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 the, and the lack of defensive you know, acumen and effort was the surprising part for me. I do think it looks two games, but I do think yeah. Draymond needs to shoulder some of the the blame. Uh, he shit on per- the young guys. He really trashed the, the younger players, and it's like some of it's like. Well, we talk about effort. Like you're the you're you are the emotional yeah. engine, and yeah. I understand the the reality that you suddenly are like reeling that you're in, uh, and you know, okay, maybe maybe he's in a funk for a little while mentally because he's like, oh, like this is gonna just be. Like such a train wreck, but he can't let this just be a whole season of whatever. I mm-hmm. signed. He might because he did. He did lock into that four-year, hundred million dollar extension. He's not playing for a contract, so maybe he just goes cruise control. And in some ways, maybe it's understandable. And if we take the wider scope of of this Warriors franchise moving forward, this year doesn't really matter to them that yeah. much. Um, so hey, you know, save your bullets for 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 later. But at the same time, like if I'm watching the game tonight, like. Draymond Green is part of that energy problem. Draymond Green isn't flying around and trying to erase a mistake here, erase a mistake there, and then, well, one of the rookies gets beat back door and he's yelling at that guy. It's like Draymond Green is watching yeah. people beat him back door too. He, like, he is very much part of the issue. One of the few times all night where they actually showed some urgency in a set was when they came out of halftime and Draymond caught the little short roll and, and threw the to lob. Yeah, he threw the lob to Chris. Other than that, I don't really recall them showing a lot of verve or any energy in, in any juncture. I think Steph Curry did uh, because he had to because Terrence Ferguson was chasing him around like a, like a, like a rabbit. Only early, early with Curry where I think he had the first eight points and like at one point, so it was 15-3 to start. He had hit the three to make it like 8-3 then it goes to 15-3 and then he came down and just bombed away like a 30-footer from the top of the key to make it 15-6 and I was like, man, he, maybe the yeah. answer is he just comes he down just and jacks, jacks, jacks. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he got, you know, uh, deflated. And I, I can understand it. Look, the, the one thing is this team now, they used to get down by 14. And, I mean, you knew the feeling in the building, like Warriors are down 14. But, like, that's still right. scary to be down 14 to the Warriors. Against this Warriors team, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green know this better than anyone, you're down 14, you're done. And they knew, you could tell they knew they were done and didn't even try to bring them back. But as soon as they – there's still some of that, though. And it's not it's not like it was in in fifteen sixteen or sixteen seventeen, but they come out of the, they come out of halftime and they immediately get that that alley oop dunk. And as soon as they get it, I'm looking at Billy Donovan. I'm like, he's gonna call a timeout in in the next two possessions. He's calling a timeout because this shit this this can't happen. Part of my language. Um, oh no problem. You're on the athletic now. You can uh, swear. I can. I can. You could tweet swear. You could put swear words in your articles, and you damn sure can swear on the podcast. Yeah, I know you're gonna you're gonna put Draymond's comments that we'll talk about later. And, oh, I'm and not your, bleeping those. Oh, of course not. That was gold. But um, yo, know, Billy calls a timeout 50 sec- 58 seconds in because that's the Warriors. Even even the depleted Warriors give you that kind of fear of God. Like, look, we can't let this thing get to thirteen when we had a when we had a like twenty point lead. We can't let this get to eleven because the Warriors will do that to you. And that's the fear that they've struck in people for the past five years. D'Angelo Russell. Um, oh, boy. So he actually had a really, really good five-minute start to this first season with the Warriors. He scored their first 10 points in Chase Center. Um, you know, they were down 14 nothing, and suddenly I think he brought it back to 14-10. I think it was like a personal 10-0 run, including two threes. He had, the skill is obviously there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the play got ejected, and it was like a really silky floater that he made. But – the defensive issues 
continued into game two. Um, it, there was one play, Gall- like Gallinari just kind of embarrassed him on, I think, in the second quarter. Um, he was ineff- inefficient, so he's 3 of 10 tonight. And then I thought it was a really strange decision to get ejected and it really was a decision to get ejected because you make the floater i understand you're down i understand you're frustrated you're not playing that well um but you know and okay you get in the rest face you get the one technical you made your point but to to continue to go with the referee and basically ask for the ejection when you have a team that is trying to you know they're trying to get some traction they're trying to figure each other out they need to get more acclimated they need reps together and the high-paid summer acquisition who they gave a max deal to is just going to kind of like it almost felt like a quit move. It was selfish. I, I thought it was really selfish of him, uh, regardless of what the score was. And you're right. I think it is. It was a quit move. It was a I don't want to be a part of this game move. And considering how talented he is, and how much he's getting paid, and how much he's getting paid, and how much pressure is going to be on guys like Steph Curry and Draymond Green because Clay Thompson, the guy that you're supposed to be stepping in to fill some of his role for, is not here, you, you just can't do that in like any game. Like they, they, the as we can see, the Warriors clearly can't afford to not have a guy of D'Angelo Russell's talent on the court because that's just more minutes for more inexperienced players, and they're not going to be able to make up those margins. So yeah, I thought it was selfish, man. I, I, it was it was really disappointing to see him do that i'm curious how he comes out tomorrow you know second game of back to back it does he let those issues kind of compound and is it you know again i I, i'm I'm looking at a lot of these we understand the flaws of the bottom of the roster but i want to see these top guys be top guys i want to see draymond green say you know what i'm just going to come out and play an unbelievable defensive game in new orleans and maybe they still lose maybe they still you know don't play a good team-wide defensive game, but I want to see him really kind of rev it up as much as he can individually. I want to see Steph Curry just take 14 threes, 15 threes in the first three quarters and try to shoot the Warriors into the game, which I'm, he's, to me, and maybe that's a Kerr thing, but he's kind of still a little bit more like, oh, I'm going to run the offense, I'm going to go over here, and then Omari Spellman's going to get, like, you know, a catch at the elbow, and we're going to run a pin down on the other side for, and, you know, maybe that's right to try to teach these guys, but I want to see them go try to grasp a win, and that includes D'Angelo Russell. More, he needs to, number one, be more forceful, and two, like, not get so down, and then tonight, obviously, like, it turns into kind of a nightmare situation, but... You know what's going to be interesting to see? And I don't know how this Warriors team is or how they've been in the past, but you got a lot of young guys. you got a afternoon game in Oklahoma City. You're flying in New Orleans, and you're going to have a night in New Orleans with no shoot-around the next day. I think they're going to go drown their sorrows? This doesn't seem like a team that's... No, 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 not drown your sorrows necessarily, but just... It just enjoy New Orleans. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying that like uh, that Jacob Evans is going to be at the bar like all sad because he played like crap in Oklahoma City. I'm just saying I'm a young guy in New Orleans and I got time on my hands. True. One thing I will say about this team, I don't think it's like a doesn't seem like a party team. Okay. Too much. Um, no, I'm not saying. Like I, I just I don't expect like a hungover performance tomorrow. I just don't know if I expect a good performance because I don't know that I can go to the arena at any point right now after what I've seen the first two games and expect a good crisp performance. Draymond Green sure doesn't seem like he could he expects to see any kind of good performance when he goes to the arena the way he was talking tonight. You want to talk a little thunder? Sure. What uh I it's they not a bad roster. They were due. It's not a good roster, but no. it's not a bad roster. No, it's it's and it's a roster that's probably going to get broken up, but they were due. They were due this game. Um, I think people tend to forget they started zero four last year too, and everybody was really complaining about the offense and da da da. And they're still going to have offensive problems. I think when they get in the crunch time, they've got to figure out 
you know, how to get better shots. Um, they got to figure out how to get Shea Gilchrist, Alexander Luce, and Danilo Gallinari, who are awesome players. Um, and you saw them up close in, in the playoff series last Gilgis year. Gilchrist, Alexander had a really good series against the Warriors. Yeah, no. Uh, and, Gallinari didn't because playoff basketball just doesn't fit Gallinari. Yeah. A um, little bit more physical, you know, and, again, he was playing the Warriors last year when they were still the Warriors. That was and, a bad matchup for him. Yeah, and over, over a seven-game series, you can get him in mismatches the way that, you know, teams have done to Carmelo Anthony, some of these slow-footed power forwards. The, the, the Warriors can target a guy like that, and I think the, if Gallinari lasts a, for an extended period, teams are going to start doing that to him. They did it in Utah a couple nights ago. But the Thunder was due to shoot better. Um, they, they, their offense had only been good in spurts. Uh, they started the game better against Washington. They started the game great tonight. Uh, and it was encouraging to see them attack the zone the way they should have against Washington, you know, using Steven Adams for some high post touches, uh, dribble handoffs. Um, and it was encouraging to see guys like Terrence Ferguson, who had just been awful offensively for through the first couple of games, uh, really assert himself and be more aggressive in terms of uh, attacking closeouts and, and shooting the ball a little bit quicker. They play with better pace. Uh, this is the way the Thunder wants to play, I think, offensively. And the defense has been great all season. Uh, they just had to give themselves a chance to be in games with their offense, and they did tonight. Warriors play them two more times in the next like 20 games. They're back in Oklahoma City, like I believe two weekends from today. Um, and that's probably not a good time to get the Thunder while Gallinari's still on the roster, while Paul is still like, you know, thinking about playoffs. You know, if, if they drop out of the playoff chase, I could see Paul kind of really uh, being a little Draymondy. Um, but so yeah, again, maybe maybe that's a that's a negative scheduling wise for the Warriors, which I thought was maybe a positive. Like, hey, while they're trying to get their footing, maybe you get a, a average to below average Thunder team a few times. But Warriors got to now go to New Orleans where. Pelicans haven't been that good. Zion's not playing, but like, I mean, Pelicans got to be favored tomorrow, right? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, second night of a back-to-back uh, for for the Warriors, and then you know the Pelicans played the Rockets close, so you know you'd expect them to come out and be fired up to play the Warriors, and and that's that's part of the Warriors thing too. I mean, you've seen it for for however long you've been covering them. Everybody gives the Warriors their best, regardless of who's on the court. They're going to give the Warriors their best game. So if it's the, the guys they got out here now or Kevin Durant, uh, they're going to come for them. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, tomorrow night. Warriors went 5 of 33 from 3 tonight. Um, Glenn Robinson, 0 of 3 from 3, 1 of 7 overall. He was kind of, I thought he actually had a mildly encouraging debut for the Warriors. Guarded Kawhi, okay. I thought he was not good tonight. The offense looked really bad. Um, Steph Curry, 2 of 9 from 3, whatever. You don't worry about that. Jordan Poole, 1 of 9 shooting after going 2 of 13 in his first game. Their first round rookie. So that would make him what? Do the math for me. That's 22 shots and 3 makes. He's 3 of 22 in his first couple games. He'll come around for the young guy. Hey, he's a good shooter. He'll come around. Yeah, I mean, he, the, the shot looks good. The, yeah. the, but he's going to be really inefficient this year. I mean, he's probably going to shoot thirty in the 30s uh, percentage-wise. Any Anything Warriors side, any random player stick out to you? Spellman was, like, trying hard, but he had one play where D'Angelo Russell had a really sweet drop-off to him yeah. in transition where he was wide open under the hoop for, like, two seconds, and he, like, caught it slowly, oh, kind of did, like, a dribble gather. and yeah. got, It allowed Gallinari, Gallinari to get back. Down, like, <laughs> the Gallinari chase down. That's so you just saw his size trouble there where, like, again, I think he I, – I I think he at least he probably tried the hardest on the Warriors Spellman tonight. Yeah. But I mean the just physical limitations. You know, you know, frankly, like, I don't even think that Chris is a bad player. And I wish that he would have started his career with a different organization. 
Draymond Green agrees too. Did you see his quote the other day? On what there? did he say? He just went after it. He's called the Suns a shitty trash. organization. No, he said sh- <laughs> it's a shitty organization. Yeah, they're. I mean, I don't care what they've started. We know we the, we know what the Suns have done. Well, particularly when with. Chris was there. Yeah, it was a, it was a train wreck, and you know they just wasted a lot of draft capital and, and Chris's time there. And I thought that he was, you know, he flashed some stuff tonight, and he's versatile. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. Um, you know, he was better than I expected, and I thought that he would be better with better people around him. And I think that, you know, we, we trashed the, the Warriors' defense tonight and, you know, for the first week of the season. But when they get Willie Cauley-Stein back, I think that'll help a little bit. Um, yeah, it's funny because he's actually not very good defensively, but the fact that he's seven foot tall, yeah, just can, presence. like, jump up in the air and, like, his hands will regularly be yeah. at the rim or above. It's and like he's one of those dudes that actually gives Steven Adams some trouble because of his length, and, and he's got some bounce to him. So, for instance, like that possession where it's getting late in the shot clock and Chris Paul just throws it into Steven Adams, and he looks like an eighth grader playing with third graders. Like... Willie Cauley Stein will help put on possessions he'll like just that. Be there, yeah. He'll just be there, up. and that'll help because he's seven feet tall and he's got a six thousand inch wingspan. By the way, I'm hearing Cauley Stein probably going to be back at some point during the homestand coming up, so he, he's healed pretty quickly from that foot strain. Now, I haven't talked about it on the podcast since because the news dropped yesterday. Like Kavon Looney with nerve issues in the hamstring. Uh, well, I mean, it's just a, they're calling it a neuropathic condition that has affected the hamstring. That he's only been officially ruled out of of these two games tonight's or yeah today's and tomorrow's. Um, but it's not like this is. I mean, when when you announce it that way and say he's going to go see a team of specialists mm-hmm. and they're going to come back with answers before they. Uh, talk about an official timetable uh and we're talking about a guy who has had he's only 23 he's a, you know he's emerged as as a solid piece but he had two major hip surgeries in his first two years um he had the injury in the playoffs last year he seems to kind of have like an older type body that gets yeah. a little bit beat up battered he's never really been able to be a 30 minute per guy even though they'd like him to be um for this you know f- to happen early in the season when you really need him like that is more troubling than maybe it sounds at this point. Looney's only twenty three. Yeah, that's interesting. He 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 just like you say he carries himself. His body carries himself like he's an older guy. He looks older than twenty three. Yeah, he looks like. Yeah. If I said he was, I mean, I know you know the game, so you know he's hasn't been in the league that long. But yeah. if I was like, hey, that guy right there is like thirty three, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a, like a mid to late twenties guy. Uh, I think I kind of lost track of how long he's been in the league. He's like a. He was a one and done. He was like a major, major prospect out of Milwaukee that went to UCLA, uh, and he was like more of like oh, a yeah. he was more like of a point forward ball handler than he was at UCLA. Early on, had this like he got hit in the hip and like I guess it was like torn labrum or whatever, and uh, never got it corrected at UCLA. Came into the league immediately, got major hip surgery that made him miss his rookie year, and then got major hip surgery on the other hip right before his second year so he basically had two empty years and then the last two years he's really kind of come into his own but you know my question increasingly with him and this latest news is sounds the red alarm is can he physically hold up can he physically like mentally and skillfully he can be a 30 minute very good nba center but can he physically do it yeah, at 23, that's a that's a big concern when you're dealing with nerve issues at 23 years old. And the guy, like we said, like he he's not exactly like this guy who, who came in looking like Dwight Howard or anything. Like he's <laughs> he kind of had like just, just his gait was more of like a like a Greg Odenish kind of kind of look to it, him yeah, as opposed like, to. It kind of looks like it hurts him when he's playing. Like yeah. he's like physically like kind of struggling a little bit. 
great player. Yeah, they yeah, had a, solid. I mean, there's only 10 minutes, but they had a 94 defensive rating when he in the 10 minutes he played against the Clippers. He had nine rebounds in 10 minutes. He had five offensive rebounds. He hit a corner three. He looked really good. Um, they played pretty well when he was on the floor, but if he's not going to be on the floor, again, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but just the top-heavy roster can't get chopped off at the top. Yeah. And again, that's another guy with length that you need. Um, I mean, he's got great length. And he's not—he's not a scrub center. He's not some guy that you could, that you're just going to be able to abuse. You know, he would be a guy who would at least make Stephen Adams work. It'd be a guy who would make Gallinari work. That would keep guys from getting into the paint. These were the most, certainly the most paint points that the Thunder scored all season because they went up against Rudy Gobert in the first game. And then what did um, they score paint point wise? Forty six. Okay. Which is about what they averaged well, last year. Around yeah. That. This is the problem for the Warriors paint points. Uh, they gave up sixty plus twice to the Lakers in preseason. I think they gave up high fifties to the Clippers the other night and it would have been 60 if the Clippers had to actually play their main guys. I'm curious how many of those paint points were first half before you know this fourth quarter though yeah the words only give 15 fourth quarter points erase that. So <laughs> yeah. And the, that's going to make their the defensive rating quarter. look a lot better than yeah. it actually Yeah, should. the fourth quarter was inconsequential tonight. That was uh they were running Hamadou Diallo at point guard for for about 8 minutes in the fourth quarter. So we're not going to we're not going to look at that part of the game tonight. All right, Eric. Appreciate you coming on. I'm, you know, I'm be back here in two weeks. We might be doing this again in two weeks. You're going to Houston, right? Russell Westbrook against the Thunder. Tomorrow. Russell Westbrook reunion game early. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder was talking about it tonight. Like he's going to be coming for our heads, and we know how Russ is. So certainly that's going to be the case, man. Russell's going to going to try and destroy these dudes, and it's going to be fun to see what that dynamics like because. It's the only team Russell Westbrook's ever known. All right, I'm going to send this podcast out with Draymond Green's post game interview. It's it was solid. it's gold. It was it's quite entertaining. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't of his top ten interviews all time because man, that is a loaded list. But uh, I think for the moment, it is very interesting to see him assess issues that he clearly, in some ways, kind of seems resigned to. Like it was an entertaining. Presser, but it wasn't one that if I was a Warriors fan would make me encouraged about what he believes no. is coming down the road. No, and if I heard those comments and I was a young player on this team, I would be like, dang, man. Like, you basically just like threw us really believe You don't believe in us at all. <laughs> like, we can get better. <laughs> it's only two games of the season. We can improve. Like, there's, there's this thing called, like, you know, chemistry and meshing. We haven't had a lot of time together, but shit. I mean... There we go. Now you're now yeah. you're now you're uh, you're officially uh, at the athletic after after yeah. that. They're gonna, they're gonna fire me for for too much profanity. False. False. All right. Uh, here's Dre Mungry. What's this been like for you? I mean, it's two games, but I know this is a new reality. Um, sucks. But I guess just about everybody except Tim Duncan have been through it. But it sucks. Pretty bad. Did you have a feeling, not that you were going to get blown out like this two straight games, but like that it was going to be rough early? Um, no, I didn't have this feeling that it would be like this. You know, you kind of figure like, you know, it won't be the same, but I didn't think we'd be getting our ass kicked like this. It's pretty bad. What was halftime like? I think you had about 70, 37. What was it? Um, it was normal. You know. It wasn't like no blow-up speech or nothing, if that's what you're looking for. It wasn't that. It was just halftime of getting hard kicked. <laughs>
It's the halfway point of it. You guys have preached for a long time that good defense turns into good offense. When that first part is missing, the defense, when you want to turn that up a little bit, can you see, is this like the perfect illustration that, you know, there's a yin and a yang to basketball and it all has to come together? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, but I've said for years, you know, everybody loved our offense. It wasn't our offense that was making us great. It was our defense. I've said that for years. Our defense right now is non-existent. Um, yeah, I don't even think we know what defense is right now. So the offense sucks because you're playing against a set defense every time. I don't know nobody in the NBA who can play against a set defense every play, but you know we, we get no transition opportunities because we don't get stops. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. You know, we just gotta gotta figure out a way on the defense side of the ball. We can figure that out. It'll get easier. Um, for us, but until we figure that out, it'll look a lot like this. Is defense just gaps in knowledge right now? Like, do you see the motivation there that's just putting it together? Um, I think uncertainty, uncertainty leads to, in a lot of cases, a lack of hustle. You know, uh, I think. You know, the thought and the hope is that you don't know and so you just kind of run through a brick wall and you'd be wrong just because you ran through the brick wall and that was stupid, but at least you ran through the brick wall. That's always the hope. But the reality is if you don't, if you don't really know what you're doing, which we got a ton of young guys who don't really know what they're doing, um, you're just kind of a step slow on everything. You're kind of thinking too much. And I think that's what we're doing right now. We're just thinking way too much and we're not doing. But most of these guys don't know what to do. And it's, you know, that's just the, the reality of it. You know, you, the, the amount of experience that we have on the floor is, is very little. And you usually learn how to play with, you know, you learn, you figure this stuff out through playing. Well, hopefully they're figuring it out because they're playing, but this is the reality of figuring it out. You guys, you guys used to get down by, you know, let's say 15, and, and you could, you knew you could kind of rattle that off quickly. Um, is there more of a deflating feeling right now from just you even personally out there when you're like, if you're down 15, and you almost kind of think it's over? No, I'm not a, I, I'm, I don't get deflated by yeah, it's basketball. You know, you want to win, you do all you can, you win, but it's basketball. Like I'm not about to. I just mean more get like down the dumps. Motivated to like, hey, let's kind of try to get this back. Oh, yeah. You know? Kind of compound. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you want that and you hope that and you feel that way, but the reality of it is we're just not capable of doing that right now. Um, you know, I would, like, I would like to see us play harder. You know, that, that'll help a little bit, but the reality is we f suck right now. And, you know, hopefully we'll get better. Uh, we'll continue. Working at it and try to get better, but we just not that good right now. And that's, I mean, I, I don't know what better way to frame that for you or uh, tell it. You know, I could try in Spanish, but I ain't really that good in Spanish. <laughs> that's really the best way I can tell it to you right now. Great one. Following up on the defensive stuff, obviously guys need reps in games to, to figure out where they need to be and what they need to do. At what point in your mind, as the veteran leader of everybody, do you look around and say, Maybe these guys just aren't picking up what we need them to. Uh, I mean, that's not really um, 
my job. You know, my job is to go out there and play and try to help lead. And I haven't done a great job of that, you know, so I got to be better in my area. Um, but, you know, I'm not the guy to make decisions and say, oh, these, they're just not getting it. Also, it's two games. Like, you know, it sucks, and I know everybody used to seeing us win. I'm, I'm for damn sure not used to losing like this. Um, but we're not giving up on anyone after two games, nor are we giving up on ourselves. Although we do suck, I did say that, and I, you know, that's true. Um, we're not giving up on ourselves. Got another game tomorrow, I'll try to f- figure more out then. Um, after, after playing a Thunder team with Russell Westbrook on it for so many years, what was it like tonight to play this team without Russell Westbrook? That was different. Um, the energy in the building was different, though. Like, Russ just brought an energy to this building that kind of everyone fed off of, even the entire crowd fed off of. Like, that was different tonight. Like, they didn't have that same energy they had with Russ, and they played great. You know, it's not that they didn't play well. But the energy in the building just isn't the same. But I think Russ is, like, you know, Russ kind of – he give people energy, you know, and – that this building has kind of been that for the last 10 years or whatever he was here. It was different, but that's the reality of the NBA.